If your spider plant is looking peaky and that Venus flytrap you bought just kicked the bucket, you need On The Ledge, the podcast about indoor gardening where you learn everything you need to know to keep your house plants looking lush. I'm Jane Perone. Join me and a host of wonderful guests to chat all things houseplants at On The Ledge Podcast. Welcome to the MTM Podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host and the founder of Miles to Memories, joined by MTM's managing editor, Mark Osterman, fresh from his trip to Vegas, and from As the Joe Flies, Joe Chung. How's it uh, going today, fellas? I have that, uh, as they call it, the after Vegas, uh, well, exhaustion and regret and... (laughs) That's what it's all about. Yeah, Your voice doesn't sound too rough, so that makes me think maybe you didn't have... A good well, enough actually, time? I'm not sure. I, I actually slept some while there where normally it's like no sleep and talking and, uh, you know, I didn't gamble as much as I normally would. So there's less yelling at the table. So that did help. And maybe the mask kept my voice more uh, moisturized. I <laughs> kept it in. But yeah, I'm definitely feeling the after effects of it, of a three day weekend in Vegas and a couple parties, a meetup and everything else, meeting up with friends multiple rooftop bars, all that stuff. So definitely uh, warm me down. I'm getting old, Joe. I'm getting old. You know what'll help you when you're yelling at the tables? Tour guide microphone like I use in my classroom. Use that and you yell all you want. We needed that a couple times because uh, we couldn't hear people. We checked in uh, one of the hotels, which we'll talk about later. Checked in at the Waldorf Astoria. We both had masks on because uh, Vegas has masks everywhere indoors. So the check-in person had a mask on. I had a mask on. And then they had the plastic uh, partition thing in the middle. And then it was also like next to their tea room at lunchtime. So, and the, you know, acoustics were awful in there. So there's like sound bouncing off everything. And I can't hear anything she's saying. She can barely hear me. I'm leaning up like my ear against the glass to try to understand what she's saying. You can't read lips to catch some of it. It was just so frustrating. It took like 20 minutes to check in. Oh, it was awful. You guys should have written handwritten signs to each other and just held them up. Yeah. Know? Should have been like Love Actually or whatever that movie was. There you go. That's Did uh, you guys see that in uh, Ted Lasso that they recreated it the one time? I, I did, and I like how you are pretending uh, whatever that movie was. It's your favorite movie, Mark. Just a minute. <laughs> All right. I think you I watch got it every right, Christmas. Though, didn't I? You love didn't it. I? You got it right. I've actually right. never seen it. I've just seen like those parts, which is kind of funny. You've seen the memes? Yeah. And then uh, and then they do it on Ted Lasso with the little girl, which I thought was kind of funny. I still haven't seen Ted Lasso season two, but I hear it's it's good, right? Is it is it all out, Joe? Has it all finished, or are they still releasing There's weekly? Three episodes left, so you can, okay. If you don't, if you don't, well, actually, you might binge in a few days, so you can wait a little longer. They there were supposed to be ten episodes, but they added two extra, so the Christmas one that Mark just referenced, and then there's a after hours type episode that just released that is getting that was a really weird episodes, one. <laughs> it was weird. Those two episodes are getting like the most online chatter just because they were slotted in after, uh, you know, the entire season arc was um, done. So. Oh, so so the actual like storyline ends uh, last week or yeah, yeah. Think about it this way. You pull the Christmas episode and the beard episode out and you wouldn't miss a beat narratively for where the arc is going. So they inserted them in when there's like, there's three acts in the season. And so they inserted them in into each intermission. So they're kind of like intermissions. Oh, okay. But, uh, so we still have episodes left this season. Oh, okay. yes, yes, yes. I was oh, like, we can't gosh. end. That would be a terrible, that, 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 that would be a terrible <laughs> end of the season. <laughs> I was yeah. like, right, no, well, 
<laughs> Anyone yeah. who hasn't listened welcome, out there, I welcome think to, that they... Yeah. Welcome to uh, Miles to Memories TV podcast. We're uh, expanding our empire, so... You know, I have this thing but, where I just do not like watching shows every week anymore. Like I want to wait till the season's done and then watch the it whole is thing. Frustrating. So that's, that's been what I've been doing with Lasso. But I will watch it because that show is the first season was just I enjoyed it so so much. That's and what I, I keep hearing I, all good things about. I mean, it won all the Emmys yesterday. So yep, yeah, that's true. Uh, the morning show just came back, and I'm debating if I should start watching it or just wait until it's done and watch them all. I feel like Disney retrained me a little bit to watch weekly because it was fun with some of the Marvel shows. People would like debate and theorize over the week and you wouldn't have that if you're binging. So that was kind of nice. I do think for like Ted Lasso or the morning show, they're not as, you know, it's not like we are trying to guess who the secret cameo is going to be or where this is going to go or something like that. So for these shows, it feels like binging is better. But for the Marvel shows that, you know, there's a lot of like speculation and nerd talk. Uh, yeah, if you're nerd, then you to... probably like it. Yeah, for the, for the regular folk, just guilty. Watch it all. <laughs> I don't care about all the nerd talk, but then I, I do like. I watch the YouTube videos. There's these YouTube channels that create breakdowns to tell you all the nerdy stuff that happened that you're not nerdy enough to know about because I'm not nerdy enough to know about it. So I do watch that, but I don't play with all the speculation. But I can do that later when I'm binging. I can just watch an episode, then watch the YouTube video, then watch the next episode. So I know everybody out there is just. Loving how nerdy we are about our the streaming. Only, the only time TV. I've ever watched a YouTube video about a show or a movie was Tenet because I really needed a diagram to explain to me what the heck happened that whole movie. <laughs> I do recommend it with the Marvel shows because it does give you a kind of a deeper because they're doing so much and there's so much hidden imagery and all this other stuff that I had no idea about. So it's cool to see how everything relates back to the comics, too. But that's really the only time I've ever done that. And then I then I sent Joe a message and I and I said, oh, my God, did you know? He's like, yeah. Because I'm a nerd, yeah. you're not. Well, I just watched the videos before he did, so that's all. <laughs> Tenet, Mark, easy explanation, dub. Time goes backwards and forwards at the same time, obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. It's like Makes so the most convoluted. I thought Inception was complicated. I thought Inception was complicated. It's like Tenet's squiggly. Ridiculous. The whole yeah. drawing on the whiteboard is just, he was here, and then he went back here, then he went here, then he went back, then he went forward, then he went all the way back, and then... Then he died, but then he's later on there too. You're like, what? I gotta well, say, you're... what a what a time to be alive, though, because if this was the '90s, we wouldn't we wouldn't be able to break it down, and we'd just be totally confused and be like, think that movie was even worse than we think it is already. Yeah. Well, if you didn't see Tenant and you're confused about what they're talking about, like me, you're in luck because we're about to get into the show. Before we do, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and whatever app you're listening to. We have links for everything at mtmpodcast.com. We're an Apple. Spotify, Google, pretty much every app you can find. We also have our Patreon if you want to dive deeper into the world of miles and points with our Slack, private Facebook group, content every week, meetups every quarter at uh, patreon.com forward slash miles to memories. Let's get into the show, guys. And part of this hobby, of course, is getting credit cards and everybody writes about credit cards, all the different stuff. But I think equally as important is learning and knowing when to get rid of credit cards. And Benji talk this week about what he's recently gotten rid of, what he has recently dumped. And he's pretty Amex heavy, right? With all these upgrade offers he's gotten. Shocker. I got a little dizzy kind of reading about all of his getting away. I mean, what what stood out to you guys in this uh, post? Yeah, it's uh, it's very Amex. I mean, he got rid of Discover, which was, uh, you know, the what people will sign up for to get the 3% the first year because they double, they match everything at the end of the first year. And I know that's been kind of a go-to card for him over the years, but the purchases that he was using it for kind of dried up. I think it was gift card mall or whatever in 
the portal payments dropped out. So it wasn't a profitable play anymore. So he stopped uh, getting those. So that was an obvious shutdown. A couple obvious ones like Delta uh, Sky Miles Gold and the Amex Business Green. If you're not flying Delta a lot and checking bags, the gold's not really worth it. That's the the main perk of the card for 95 bucks. You get check bags for you and like up to eight people on your itinerary, seven or eight people, something like that. So that can be, if you have a big family and you check bags, that could be actually useful. But if you don't, then no. Amex Green, it's just a terrible card, the business one. So I, I get that. A little bit surprised, uh, Everyday Preferred and uh, Blue Cash Preferred just because of the grocery spend uh availability but those are both credit cards and if you kind of want to grab something new and you're up against it i can see it because the limits are lower so I, I can definitely see why those would get closed but those are probably the two best ones that i did close i think two things stood out to me the first was i really need to do this i haven't done this in a while and i need to clean out my closet so to speak do some fall cleaning the other thing that surprised me a little bit i don't know what you guys think but he closed his discover it miles card which i mean it's not a big deal to close it but i was just curious and i would love to hear what he has to say and i'm sure he'll tell us later but why he closed a no annual fee card even if he's not going to use the card you just retain the credit line um, just keep banking with discover i'm not sure Maybe you can't get a bonus in the future if you still have the card, but that was that was probably the only card I was surprised by that he closed. Because in general, I just don't close no annual fee cards. In fact, the banks close them on me more than I close them just because, you know, it's no annual fee. I have a bigger credit line overall. My credit utilization has improved because of that. Average age accounts and everything is better. But what were we going to say, Sean? I think Discover cards are churnable. And so I guess that would be my guess as to his strategy. He doesn't say it. He closed multiple of them, but... Uh, the fact that you can only hold two, I believe, uh, Discover cards, and then they're churnable. So uh, the Discover It Miles does have that 1.5% 1, 1. cashback that gets doubled the first year. So I'm assuming that he's going to reapply to, to get that bonus again or to get that promotion, which, Mark, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm pretty sure people have been able to churn that fairly regularly for many, many years now. Yeah. Uh, yep. So that's not... So that'd be my guess there. I mean, he gave up the Blue Business Plus, which... You know, it's probably the best no annual fee card or certainly one of the best no annual fee cards. It does show you how much opportunity not only he sees, but we've all we've talked about these Amex upgrade offers and how much strategy really is involved with which cards you have, you know, when to downgrade, when to cancel. And he's really maybe at the forefront of that, maybe a little bit more aggressive with all that than any of us because he's moving his Amex cards constantly, it seems like. Yeah, I could see that being a weird one because everybody loves the Blue Business Plus, us included. But if you are doing a lot of uh, welcome offers or a lot of spending offers, upgrade offers, that type of thing, and you're just kind of always putting your spend on that, you know, when do you get to the the two times earning? And then do you prefer membership rewards or do you prefer thank you points where you can get two with the double cash? So kind of that kind of plays into it, I think. I could see why people wouldn't, you know, value it if you have a lot of unbonus spend, uh, you're like a reseller, you're doing buyers groups or something, then you're probably going to max out that card. But if not, you know, somebody like me, I don't really put a ton on ours solely because, you, you know, I'm always working on something that's earning more than uh, 2x. So what's the what's the real point? You know, I still have it because I'm not up against that. I'm, uh, <laughs> I have the MX pop, pop up. So, you know, the five card limit isn't really a worry to me now. If I did want to grab something else, that would be a potential one that I would close for sure. But yeah, a lot of people will probably be surprised by that. I like the article because it does kind of go through his thinking and, and shows you how effective you can be by constantly 
moving this stuff around. And as Joe said, I don't know that any of the three of us are as active in all this. The one thing that really surprised me is he's keeping uh, his Aviator Blue card, his his Barclays card, $49 annual fee, just so he has a card that earns American Airlines miles. Like, that is so unbenji to me. Like, why is he... Why is he doing that? Like, because he just said it's uh, useful for some other plays. Maybe he gets, you know, Barclays always spends out those co-branded spending offers type of things. So maybe he uses it for that. But yeah, it doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Maybe he just likes it that it's blue and it looks cool. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, normally, if it wasn't Benji, I'd be like, oh, maybe he's making that play for earning executive platinum through 2023 via spend. But that also sounds very unbenji to like chase status. That is a play that, you know, one might do with a Barclays card, but I don't think that's Benji. So I think you have to have the silver to do that anyway. So, so well, I guess, uh, <laughs> I don't know. For look, sure, I look forward to the next <laughs> sign up for Patreon and, uh, go to the next spending time with Benji. Maybe he'll tell us what's going on there. Yeah, it's true. He does talk about it and every month. He talks about all of his spending, all of his stuff. And goes into like more depth than uh, than anybody uh, else, but Mark and our other friend Ryan do that. So it really is cool to to watch that show and hear you guys go through this constantly, talking about where you're, what you're spending on, what your strategy is, and, and all of that. And Benji does a great job there. So good point uh, with that, Joe. And definitely check out the full article. We'll put a link in the show notes so you can look at every single one of the cards he he canceled, also the cards that he converted and he did product changes on. And then why he loves that weird blue aviator card from Barclays. So check all that out. Now let's talk a little bit about Vegas, Mark. Everybody hears your little, your energy's a little zapped today. You're a little quieter than you normally are. You're not laughing at your jokes as much as you normally would. Yeah. So uh, that means that you got Vegas, right? <laughs> Vegas took all of that out from you. Now we are going to talk, I think, much more in depth on the MTM Vegas podcast about your trip, but... There is some travel hacking angles and stuff to what you did. You stayed in some really nice hotels using certs, things like that. So yeah, let's debrief Vegas. How was it? It was my first uh, couple's trip with my wife in a couple years because of COVID and everything. So I wanted to kind of go as bougie as possible. So we stayed the first night at Four Sins, you know, with that Amex FAR credit that they added in for the $200 credit. And the cool thing was I didn't pay, you know, I didn't pay the increased annual fee to get it. I'd already paid the annual fee. Uh, when I signed up for the card. So this was just like free money, essentially, in my mind, where normally you pay the annual fee. That's a perk part of it. So you have to like discount it some because you technically did pay for it. But for this one, we didn't pay for it. So I was like, all right, let's use it. There was like 14 festivals and concerts going on this weekend. So everything was expensive. Four Seasons was, I think, 440 a night for the one night. So booked it through FHR, got the $200 credit, got a $100 spa credit uh, by using fine hotels and resorts which she used to get her uh, a manicure, $85, which is outrageous, beyond outrageous. But it was free with, um, I'm doing air quotations for Joe, so everybody doesn't get mad. And then you got $60 breakfast credit, which a very normal breakfast cost us $100. So, it re- well, Sean will say the tip. You had four espressos too. Come on, you had four espressos on there. Three espressos. It, well, it was espresso and a double shot. So that was only $16 of the $100 bill. Uh, that was actually- Our friend PDX was throwing you shade yesterday because he had this table full of breakfast and his, it was $66. Uh, but uh, Well, that was at Waldorf and that was a totally yeah. different thing. That's but true. Um, That's true. Yeah, so it was discounted and it, it was our first four seasons. We, we kind of wanted to check out the brand, never been there. It is attached to Mandalay Bay, 
So it's not like a standalone four seasons. So I don't think you get the full effect of staying at a four seasons, but the service was really great. They always had like three or four people at the check-in desk, even though there's only like four floors of the hotel. So you never had to wait, which was a, a, a contrast to Molda for Storia, which is supposed to be kind of in the same level. And we had to wait, you know, a couple times and, and that type of thing. And the service at all the restaurants and out by the pool and everything was always very gracious and w- willing to help and walk you to the elevator, all of that kind of stuff. So it was it was a weird experience because it doesn't feel like Vegas, even though you are attached to a hotel and casino that you can easily get to. It's very quiet and relaxed. The pool has like six people in it. And it just feels more exclusive, I guess, versus staying at Mandalay Bay or even in Delano. Yeah, and that's really what they're going for, right? We, we've we talked about Resorts World opening so many millions of times on our Vegas stuff. And Resorts World opened with three hotels, very similar to Mandalay Bay, which has three hotels, Mandalay Bay, Delano, and Four Seasons. They tried to come up with a very similar you know, thing where you have your, your main fail. hotel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it certainly doesn't compare. Delano, probably one of the finest kind of sweet hotels in town. And then Four Seasons with that ultra luxury experience, which I have not stayed there uh, but certainly have experienced that the brand. So you think that this is, is this the nicest hotel or the best service that you've experienced in Vegas at, at Four Seasons? I mean, it's hard to say because I, I didn't really need much of anything uh, while we were there. So during normal times, I didn't think it, the service was that much greater than any other higher end hotel in Vegas. But during COVID times, finding good service or a clean room is a struggle in Vegas, as we uh, have discussed before. So the room was clean. It was nice. It wasn't like over the top nice. I actually thought the Waldorf Astoria room was a bit cooler, even though it was a a little bit older and probably a little bit more worn down. But I like the design of it better and the setup better at Waldorf Astoria. And also like the entry areas and stuff just had more of a sexy vibe to it. Um, Four Seasons felt a little bit more like Crockford's Lobby, which we've talked about that we love. You know, the, the subtler colors, the lighter colors, everything just looks nice, but it's not. No, I wouldn't say it's the nicest that I've stayed at or the service. You hear Four Seasons, you expect everything to just be like amazing. And I think that this is like Four Seasons light because it's not like a standalone thing. So that's my feeling on it. Uh, would I pay $400 to stay there? No, I would not. Yeah, and, and to your point, it's owned by MGM Resorts. And uh, certainly uh, they they have a lot of probably say in, in what goes on. And Vegas has its own way of twisting uh, brands, which we've seen with things like Conrad, right? Where it just doesn't compare to other Conrad. So it's interesting to see that. So you think it's, I mean, what's amazing, and we have article on the website about MX FHR in Vegas. And I think that it's become even more important because of these $200 credits that platinum card holders have. So it's, it sounds like it was a, a decent use of that. How was the spa? Your wife used the spa credit, correct? Yeah, she didn't actually go into like the main spa. They had like a separate nail area. So she did that. She said it was good. Probably some of the best nail job that she's gotten like paint wise and taking care of it and everything. But I was like, what would it, would you pay, ever pay $85? She said no, maybe like 40, 45. So I guess you get a little bit of pamper with that credit. You could use it for a uh, massage and you basically get like half off a massage. So you basically pay a regular price massage that you would pay for anywhere else, but in Vegas, it's half off. <laughs> yeah, the the thing that did stink about Four Seasons is they were the only hotel, actually them in Cosmo, that I, with FHR, that wouldn't allow you during COVID to switch the spa credit to a food and beverage credit. Wynn allowed that. I don't know if they're still doing it, so I don't want to tell people that, but it's always worth 
contacting the property, especially now to see if they have flexibility with that. If you're not comfortable getting going into the spa setting, um, things like that. But definitely Vegas, a, a good use of that FHR credit. All right. So you stayed also at Waldorf Astoria, which uh, you used Hilton free night certificate for, correct? Can I ask a quick question before you tell us about staying there? How do you convince your wife to move hotels during a three-day trip, even if we're eighty-five dollar manicure, bro. <laughs> it's not worth eighty-five dollars. Not worth True. eighty-five. True. No, so, I I didn't want to. Kirsten, you're we, a saint. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, we. The, I actually gave her the the way it worked out was I said we have this FHR credit now, you know, because I had booked something else originally, and then once that credit came up, I said, well, let's use it because she has a platinum and I have a platinum, and we don't travel all that much together at places that we could do FHR. So I said, let's take advantage of your credit while we're in Vegas, and then I can use mine just on my solo travels. And uh, so I gave her, like I said, do you want to stay at the Wind, the Bellagio? four seasons. And I think there was somewhere else. And I gave her like the breakdown of everything and she had decided to go with four seasons. So she wanted to check it out. So that maybe that, that helped out that she uh, got to make the, the call. Smart. Get the buy-in. What did yes. you know? Now I know at Waldorf, <laughs> your favorite part of that was the vending machine that served champagne. Yeah. Besides for... the actual champagne, but yeah, it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, He bought the champagne and then he didn't like it and ended up, uh, throwing it away yeah well it was like the end that of was the a tender or no it was a tightinger no, or no it was like it was like, it okay. was like uh mo well, how do you say it moet moe moe whatever like that type of you know like a big bottle is probably like 15 bucks at the grocery store type of uh champagne like it, it tasted fine for champagne but it was the end of the night and you don't really want to be drinking champagne at the end of the night but it was the whole just like you walk in and off the elevators and to the right is basically like this vending coke looking vending machine but it has all champagne in it and you have to go to the front desk and they give you a gold coin that you go to the uh, vending machine and put the gold coin in and then you pick which one you want. There was like two different styles, uh, which I'll have a write up on, on all this and some pictures of it. So it was like $20 for like a split bottle, like basically like a glass or two, nothing major. So I just did it just to do it. Uh, <laughs> it was that kind of thing. And I think the, the sky bar had closed. So that was like an option that you could still have another drink and, uh, you know, be in the hotel. So we did that and it was, you know, it was worth it to do it once. But yeah, so going to the booking, I used two free night certs. Uh, I was able to find a standard uh, room availability. Uh, I think it was like 80,000 Hilton Honors points. The cash price was like 550 a night. So it was a good use of uh, certificates for sure. Score. Yeah. And then uh, we got the my favorite $50 in credit per day, two people, 25 bucks a person instead of breakfast, which I don't think they ever gave you breakfast. Wasn't it always a credit at that Waldorf, Sean, if I remember correctly? It was breakfast, but it was a it was a certain amount towards breakfast, but it was always so it was a you credit had to use it. But no, yeah. because you had to use it for breakfast in the restaurant for breakfast. It wasn't oh, okay. like a credit you could use yeah. anywhere throughout the property. But that was in 2019. So an, so an improvement. Yeah. And that's what I find like a lot of the higher end Hiltons kind of did their own thing where the Waldorfs would all, were always like on a credit like, hey, you can get the continental breakfast, which is 20 bucks, or you can use that $20 credit at the store. So it was kind of like already set up that way for them. So we got $50 a day from that. Uh, we ate out at the pool for lunch, which the food wasn't wasn't that, that good. At least the pizza wasn't that good. The sandwich was good, but the pizza was not. Um, and then we used it for breakfast in the morning one morning we had room service which was like a hundred dollars again for a very 
standard breakfast, but the, the room service fees and charges and all that stuff got added in. So now PDX says 66. Was that including tip? No, I, I think it was the, the cost of, yeah. of that. So the $100 included tip plus the delivery fee and all the other surcharges. Yeah. So it was about the same. <laughs> I love that I got under your skin with that comment. That's great. Uh, no, I just, no. just met. No, you're, I mean, you're, you're, come on. I mean, you're making a great point. Vegas breakfast is not going to be cheap. Yeah, uh, especially, it's, it's you know, it, it, the prices are going to be higher than you're going to find in, in other places, probably similar to what you find in a place like New York City or something like that in, in, in a fancy hotel there. Yeah, and that's uh, that's one thing I might say uh, Four Seasons has a one up on, except for the FHR, they give you the credit, which is specifically for breakfast. So that kind of, you know, handcuffs you to using it there. Um, versus Waldorf Astoria, you could use it, you know, at at the Sky Bar, which we went to. Uh, together which was a really cool scene good good views at night so that's a really that's probably the place i would use it mostly just have some drinks and i'd walk off property to get breakfast and and save some money that way um, or if you're out at the pool grab a couple beers at the the pool bar those are two much better uses that versus the overpriced breakfast that you're you're gonna get we got like an omelet eggs bacon and sausage for a hundred dollars so you're definitely not gonna get your value there um but that's one of the the takeaways from waldo Vasoria is getting food on property is not easy and there's nothing really like right there. You have to walk all like over to Aria to get food. They have like a cafe thing, but it has weird hours on the third floor and then their fine dining wasn't open. And then they also have the pool bar area, which only has like six tables outside. Well, Waldorf is, let's make it clear, part of city center, which is part of an integrated resort. So it's just like four seasons is part of Mandalay Bay, just because you have to go outside of Waldorf and walk three minutes. I don't know that that's any yeah, different than walking from Four Seasons Lobby. It counts. Outside no, in walk... the summer in Vegas, you start to sweat. It counts. Well, no, because I mean, I don't think that you're understanding what Waldorf really is, though. It's designed to be that property. It's, it's what is it, a 30-second walk from the Strip? I mean, you're right on the Strip. So think about a place like Four Seasons. Your walk to the casino was equally as long as your walk from Waldorf to Aria's casino. But the benefit of being on Waldorf is that you're you're staying in a standalone property Obviously, hopefully Chomps luxury, trigger. but you're you're close to there. No, I'm trying to explain what the value proposition is. I don't know that you're doing a good ex- good job of that. Showing people, I'm, I'm I think it's, I think it works for some people. I didn't people. like it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And I'm showing you the other side of why people might want to choose it. No, or you're not. trying to say that I didn't know what I'm talking about. But whatever, we're moving on. You know what? Um, if you all want to hear more of this, please tune in to MTM Vegas. It will already be out by the time yeah, you are hearing um, this episode. No, I mean, I, I get what you're saying, but I, I do think like that section of the strip, that side of the street, there's not a lot like a, easily accessible like there is other areas of the strip. Like and at Mandalay Bay, you have the mall and everything else. So, you know, Aria is more in city centers, more like high end stuff. So there's not like a lot of quick grab and go stuff to get to, which is, you know, what I prefer for lunch or for breakfast, stuff like that. So. It just is something to, to consider if that's if you want easy access, like super easy access or a, a variety of, of choices. You know, I didn't think Waldorf was the best for that. Yeah. And I, I I'm not saying that you don't know what you're talking about. I'm saying that your your priorities are very different than a lot of people. And you stay in that hotel specifically if you want to be standalone from a casino close to the strip, but kind of isolated in that way. And I think that you're describing something that maybe doesn't work for you that may work for others and it's one reason why I think that that hotel absolutely isn't a kind of a, a one that I would recommend to everybody just because of that. Because some people want to be part of 
the action. They want to go downstairs, hear the casino. They want to have 30 restaurants within where they are. They don't you know, want to have to walk outside, to your point. So I think you're pointing out very good things for why people may not want that experience. And on the flip side, there's people who may want that. They want to be able to stay in a hotel that doesn't have a casino, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, it, it definitely is. It's an interesting uh, experience in Vegas compared to what you normally would get. And I, my, my wife really liked it. She doesn't like casinos and stuff. So she enjoyed that aspect. You know, I just I'm kind of surprised there's not something like right out front. Like they have a little burger place. I don't even think it was open. And like this pizza yeah, slash. Out of business. Yeah, Bobby's yeah. Burgers thing is out of business. Yeah, And this pizza slash uh, daiquiri bar, which the pizza looked disgusting. Like if, if that would have been something a little bit better, it wouldn't have been as big of a deal to me. But it is what it is. Uh, the other weird thing is like if you're trying to get a taxi and stuff, they don't come in there as often because it's kind of like hidden from everything. So when we were trying to get to the airport, no taxis. The Uber app was like uh, messing up. And I just asked the guy to get a taxi. And he there's a light outside that you can switch. And then when they see the light, the taxis are supposed to pull in because they can't like just, you know, go, a lot of uh, casinos, they'll just pull up and kind of wait in a waiting area where they can't really do that there because of the space. So we ended up doing Lyft, uh, which which was fine, and the, and they got there fairly quickly. But that's something to consider if you don't use the apps. Beginning a taxi there might be a little bit of a trouble. But overall, I enjoyed I enjoyed the place. Uh, very nice rooms, you know, kind of like a sexy Asian vibe to it. And uh, the main areas are all really well done, very nice. And Sky Bar was had great views, and the service was a little slow there, which was surprising because it you know they had seats spaced out quite a bit. So it wasn't like it was overly busy, but it did t- seem to take a while to get drinks, don't you think? I wasn't paying all that much attention. I was just talking to people. And actually, I didn't order my drink until, until my wife got there a little bit later, so I wasn't noticing it. But the view from Sky Bar, that's really uh, what you're there for, is to see that view of the Strip, uh, which is one of the better ones uh, from their 23rd floor lobby at, at Waldorf Astoria. Bottom line, since we have to, to move on with this, which was better to you? You like Four Seasons or did you like Waldorf uh, better? Oh, man. I guess it depends on the type of trip. Like if I was going with my wife, I would probably say Four Seasons for more of a relaxed vibe, um, more of a re- relaxed, exclusive, you know, chill type vibe. Um, and if I was going with buddies or, you know, for something else, I'd probably do Waldorf Story just because the location is a little bit better. I'm not a huge fan of Mandalay Bay's Casino. I did like some of the restaurants and stuff in the mall area, so I would go back for that. But I think it depends on the trip you want to do. You know, they both have their pluses and minuses. Uh, I probably t- lean towards Waldorf solely because, it, you know, the, the location of where it's at and, um, you know, getting around to other things in that area are easier. And then you get the perks with diamond status. Uh, so that's nice. And I use my Aspire credit for a lot of like the food and beverage that we ate and drank while we were there. So it just works out good for that for that reason. Yeah. And, and like I said, we'll we'll talk a lot more on the MTM Vegas podcast this week about our meetup and a lot of the other venues we went to things that we did stuff like that uh so ice bar joe ice bar so cool i promise you we haven't recorded this yet so i'll make sure that we battle it out about waldorf uh, astoria a little bit please don't and and we'll bring up like got under his skin we'll bring up please we'll bring up the tinger the tinger yes oh yeah i do want to hear about that was it good was it good mark i didn't have any i i think it tastes i think all champagne tastes like 15 dollars champagne so i don't know what I don't, I don't know what the thing besides the name on the bottle they they it doesn't taste any different to me all right well stay stay, <laughs> stay tuned for you can't, our, you, for can't you can't see us shaking our heads no i'm i'm, I'm not i'm yeah. not that much of a champagne snob yeah i don't no, think I any of us uh really 
could uh, could be considered uh, connoisseurs of that. Well, we talked a lot about Hilton here, and you talked about the certs. We have a couple other Hilton news stories to cover. One is that uh, you covered this a few weeks ago that some hotels aren't they're not allowing the credits to be used these these elite credits that you talked about earlier to be used in a uh, in the way that they're meant in the terms. And a lot some people have been having issues and. Real quick, you know, you gave some good advice for how people should handle that. If you get to a hotel and they're not just allowing you to have the credit as per what Hilton promised. Yeah, so a lot of people, they're going and they're saying it's, uh, you know, only works at certain restaurants or on certain items even in those restaurants, which is not what the terms say. So, you know, I, I put in that article, here are the term, here's a link to the terms bookmark it so you can pull it up and say this is where it's at if you want to have an argument at the desk. If not... I would just leave and contact them on Twitter, uh, send them a DM and say, hey, I was at this hotel. I need this credited. They refused it. I would just go ahead and charge what you want to charge if they're saying, well, that that's not going to work towards uh, your 20 or $25 or $15 credit or whatever, because you have a better chance of fighting it later versus just grabbing something that you don't want because they tell you that's where to get it from. I'm guessing they're trying to le- push you towards more profitable restaurants and more profitable items for them. So that's not costing them as much to provide this, but they already took away something. So I don't understand. I thought this would make it easier that every hotel would now be on the same thing versus making up their own rules like they've done in the past, but it's Hilton. So they just kept making up their own rules. I mean, it's just really like your miles may vary. It's, I think it's frustrating to not have a consistent policy. And this is kind of how, you know, you end up having breakage just because like you don't know from one hotel to another how exactly they are going to implement that. So, I mean, it's definitely frustrating, even though I do agree that, you know, if if done correctly, like your experience in Vegas, you know, it can come out to be much better to have that voucher. Yeah. And I mean, Hilton said that this is uh, more flexibility, right? They sold this. You asked for flexibility and we've got it. Whether you look forward to breakfast or would rather skip it in favor of a refreshing beverage or afternoon snack. The choice is yours. That's Hilton's own words. Shame on the properties. If that happened to me, I would do exactly what you said. I would charge it. I would go and then I would make sure that Hilton gave me plenty of points to make up for the fact that they tried to rip me off. And at the very least, if all of that failed, I would dispute the credit card charge because it's a violation of the terms and therefore they're not delivering it. That's how ridiculous this stuff is and how it needs to stop. There is a lot of times when things like this happen when it's kind of written in the terms that hotels can opt out, things like suite upgrades stuff like that. This happens a lot with Bonvoy. And, you know, there's not a lot you can do about it. In this case, the terms are pretty clear. So these properties need to stop it and uh, be appreciative when people stay there. I will say Waldorf and Vegas, they were kind of on top of it. They, as soon as I checked in, they were like, here's your thing. You get the $50 credit. And I, and I wanted, I went up to check out, you know, we did the red eye home on uh, Saturday night and I wanted to check out just to make sure the bill was right. Cause when we stayed at resorts world, it was like the first weekend of it launching and it didn't come off the bill properly. And each time you had to say, hey, you need to take that $50 off or whatever. So I didn't want to have to hassle with that if I left. But their computers were down, of course, after I'd stood in line for 15 minutes. They're like, oh, we can't do that. You got to let my computer reboot. And I said, you know, I got to catch a flight. I got to go. So just send me the emails. They checked me out, sent me the emails and it automatically came off. So that was nice to see because uh, you hear such horror stories and a lot of these places. But if you're staying there, it seems to be they got it down pretty good. All right, so on one hand, you know, Hilton can do better there. But on the other hand, they did some good stuff this week by extending benefits and uh, a lot of stuff like that. So they extended status through March 31st of 2023. 
They paused points expiration through the end of 2022. Uh, they relaxed qualifications for 2022, so make it easier to qualify. Uh, extended rollover nights and uh, continued with some other flexibility. Me downgrading my Aspire is looking better and better, Joe. I keep getting diamond every year. Yeah, yeah you don't need it. <laughs> I mean, that's it reminds me back in the day when me I used too, to match it. Me too, by the way. I still have it, it as well. That. It's it's very nice. It's very nice. But they didn't extend the free night certificates, right? Those were already, uh, they expired the end of next year. Is that right? Or no, at the end of this year, right? You yeah, know I forgot about year. mine anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the one, they extended at the end of uh, this year. And then I think anything you earn this year goes until next year. But of course, it's Hilton, so they don't leave it anywhere that you can easily find it. Uh, not online, not on your account. You can't book it online. You got to call in. So the trick is to uh, send them a DM about that and ask them what free net search do I have and what are the expiration dates? And they'll give you that info. Yeah. Hopefully maybe they'll, they'll extend the ones from last year. Yeah. Right. They still aren't giving flexibility <laughs> where they're not weekends anymore. You can still use them any night of the week through the end of 2022, which is good. So uh, yeah, they did a lot nice of good part. stuff there. And uh, yeah, I'm really happy with that. I, it makes it much easier to plan to use those than to have to worry about doing it on a weekend. So uh, overall, pretty good there. Hopefully they can do better on the breakfast credit. And I expect we'll probably see some of these other uh, loyalty programs follow suit. Don't you expect that to happen? Uh, yeah, I, I think they'll do something. And, uh, and I kind of hope so. Now, a random thing before they switch to where free night certificates could work or uh, could work all week. I had done a booking and I, I, j I don't even remember what it was for necessarily, but it was like a Thursday night and I called and just had them book it or a Wednesday night. And I called and had them book it and she made it happen and put it in, didn't say anything. And then I had my wife call to book the Thursday night and they're like, man, these only work on the weekend. So I guess they can make it happen, but if they don't realize that the rule was that, but I always thought that was weird. I don't know how she would get, was able to get it to work, but I did get a free night certificate to get booked during the week somehow. All right. Well, uh, we have Sean didn't like my random tangent story, I, I guess. No, no, no. Really? I was trying to transition. I got you, Mark. That's what's up. And we do have uh, links in the show notes for articles about both the issue with the breakfast credits and all of these extensions and things that Hilton did. So uh, check out the show notes for that. Let's move on to rapid fires. Mark, uh, start us off. Yeah, mine is going to be, uh, you know, what we talked about earlier. The article will come out on Tuesday. Uh, so before this is released, but There'll be a breakdown of everywhere I stay in Vegas, uh, what we spent on food, drinks, what we spent on the hotel, and then how we got credit. I ended up getting 90% off all my uh, food and drinks on property, as well as the hotel stays. So that's kind of awesome. And it was all these five-star hotels, you know, $1,500, $1,600 in value. And then a lot of the food and beverage was covered as well. So that's how you do Hashtag Vegas. Hashtag winning. Hashtag winning. Yeah. That's how you do $100 breakfasts that don't taste, they taste <laughs> like Denny's. <laughs> How about you, Joe? My rapid fire is, I think, just announced today, the U.S. is going to be allowing fully vaccinated international visitors back into the country. They're lifting the ban, so to speak. So I think that's good news. Uh, overall, you know, I would love for them to add a natural immunity component to it as well, if they could. But I guess that's probably too complicated. But it's good to see that people are going to be able to to be back visiting the country. That also means, Sean, you and me got to get to Disney World before all the uh, foreign visitors come back so that the crowds are still lower, I think. We should, we so should, that uh, means uh, October trip. <laughs> all right, Sean, I'll see you in October. 
Hey, I just saw for the 50th anniversary, there are still rooms available because people canceled their trips. So maybe we should go next week. Yeah, I mean, the, the problem is the Disney hasn't lowered their prices. So I think that's <laughs> Good probably... Point. I mean, it's Good not... Point. When I go, I'm going to get an annual pass and I'm glad that they brought them back, which isn't cheap, but at least my plan with an annual pass is always to maximize it, right? So that I can use it enough to... At least though I'm paying a lot, uh, I'll be able to, to use it. But I think a lot of people are canceling because Disney is giving you less and charging you more. But that's just the, the sign of the times. The Disney like, way. But HBO yes. is not doing that. Indeed. HBO oh, is giving you, is giving you wow. their HBO Max at half off. Now, of course, there's been all kinds of crazy uh, deals. There was a, a portal deal, right, not too long ago where people could get HBO Max, I think, pretty much for free for a year. But if you didn't do any of that stuff and you want to try it out, they are giving half off for six months. It's normally 15 bucks. They're giving it to you for 750 You can really just go to HBOMax.com, but I do have a link. Uh, in the show notes Plus, for my article, this is, breaking this it is down. Basic, basically a middle finger to Amazon. So if you hate Amazon, there you go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They broke up. And then as soon as they broke up, HBO slashed their prices. And I, I find their content pretty good. So I would pay seven fifty a month for it. And I figured we're sharing it with everybody out there. Not and as good that. as of a deal as $5 for Apple TV or free if you're T-Mobile. There you go. That is a better deal. Especially with uh, Ted Lasso and all of those in the morning show and all that other good stuff. Brought a full circle. Very nice. There you go. Oh, man. Very and that nice. is how you put the cherry on top. Joe, where can people find you during the week when they're not listening to this fine podcast? You can find me at As a Joe Flies all over social media. Connect with me there. Find all my other stuff from there. What about you, Mark? You can find me on uh, Twitter at Detroit Mark. Email me, Mark, at Miles to Memories. Uh, comment on any of the articles on the site. I'll get back to you there. Join our Facebook groups in there all the time. Uh, how about you, Sean? Yeah, we have our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash miles to memories with our private Slack, everything else to get Facebook content, uh, our spending time show we talked about and uh, other podcasts may even be expanding that in the future. So uh, you can find everything there, patreon.com forward slash miles to memories. We also have our Vegas stuff on YouTube and our MTM Vegas podcast, mtmvegas.com and then, you know, miles to memories.com for everything that we do, video, audio, posts everything else uh thank you so much for listening for watching for viewing talk to you guys next time see ya see you next what you're there for is to see that view of the strip uh, which is one of the better ones uh, from their 23rd floor lobby at mandarin oriental so mandarin at Waldorf Astoria. <laughs> I've been doing that this whole week. I cut out the, 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 yeah, anyway. So, you know, I wasn't listening that closely because uh, I was thinking about the, how to transition to that and whether we should do red eyes or not. So, because then you're going to, you're not, you're not in the debating mood today, Mark. So I don't know that we should be fighting about red eyes. <laughs> we'll save it for next week. Oh, we'll come save on. it for next week. Red eyes. Do we have, do we need the time? Because it won't be that long. No, I, I think we're, I think, I think we're okay. okay. We can talk. We'll, I'll leave it on there for next week and we'll do it.